What is going on, everybody? I am Jason Rosen, joined by my buddy Drew Matthews here on the Fantasy Golf Bag Podcast for the Honda Classic. And, well, we've got a fun one in front of us. Sure, it might be the worst field we see all season, or at least up to this point, but it has so much carnage. And when there's a ton of carnage in an event, it is fun, it's exciting, and you know if you get six of six through the weekend, you are likely live. So we're going to try and help you do that here on the show this week. And I'm going to bring in Drew, as I always do when I first start off. Uh, I ask him a very important question. And this week's important question is, we're under two months away from the Masters. Does John Rom keep this type of form going, which, by the way, top 10 best stretch of golf in the strokes gained era, okay? Do you think he can keep it going through this maybe entire season and win three of four majors? I mean, that sounds crazy, but strokes gain numbers, statistics say that it could possibly happen. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to bet against him. Um I think two. I think two of four is, is very live. Three of four. I'm not sure. I mean, weather and the British Open or um, Augusta. I think just is open to a lot of guys that just do really well there over the years. But as far as like U.S. Open, I feel like that's right up his right up his alley. PGA for sure. Um, and the British. I mean, British is just kind of a wild card. But I definitely think two of four is very, very, very real a very real outcome this year um and it's not even being like a fair weather fan it's just it's honestly how how impressive he is even when he's not playing his best not just by what he says not his best but like you can kind of visually see sometimes he's not you know he's not hitting his shots he's not hitting his certain spots and um he still is contending which is scary so yeah yeah we'll see what we'll see how it goes the rest of the year um i know last year we had you know you would have a similar conversation about scheffler how hot he was and it seemed like he would never lose again and he really didn't he didn't win the rest of the year uh, he still had a good year obviously um they still had a good <clears throat> after the masters it was just like it wasn't it wasn't as dominant i should say i mean he still had some good finishes here and there rom i could see just keep going and um it could just be recency bias but man he's He's been so consistent for the last couple of years. The wins haven't added up. Like we haven't seen the wins, but I think now he's turned a corner. I don't know if it's a family thing, balance at home, but uh, there's a there's a different John Rom roaming the fairways, and it's a scary one. It really, it really is a great way to put it. Um, okay, let's get into the Honda Classic now. It is a fun week. There's still two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to be won on DraftKings, and listen, just because there's no John Rom in the field. That actually means for the betting side of things, odds are a little bit better. Now, maybe not on the golfer that you've been betting at 100 to 1. Maybe they're 50 to 1 this week, but you've got a better chance to win. So we're going to get into some of those plays. And uh, the way we do it is we talk about our model that we have here at Fantasy Golf Bag, the Fantasy Golf Bag Mix model, which uses spectrum data. And we also have the Super Procs model, which... Drew, when we start to talk about that, I'll bring you in to give you the quick elevator pitch for those of you that have not used it yet. But what I'm looking at here is the 150 to 175 approach yardage here this week. We've got about an average driving distance of 20, uh, um, 280 yards. And for a par 70, 7,100 yards, that's going to leave us a lot of mid-range to, say, low irons, not pitching wedge or wedges, but, say, low irons. So a couple of names that stand out in that category over the last 10 tournaments, EVR, Eric Van ruining your lineup. Now, I'm going to start off right with him. 
Is he one of the most variable players that you can remember? Uh, I know you've been doing this just about as long as I have. And I, and I truly think he's one of the most highly variable players out there. I'll definitely say you take the cake on doing this longer than I have. Um, but Van, Van Ruyen has been ruining, ruining my lineups as long as anyone. So yes, uh, <laughs> he, I don't know. He seems like a guy that gets in his own way. Um, his upside is there. I guess he hasn't really captured his upside as much as you would think. Like he right. had the win at the Barracuda. I think it was the Barracuda. Yeah, uh, outside of that. This run that got him to the tour championship. Right. Yeah, so I mean, like the ball strike when he's playing well, he's he's really solid. He's really solid. Tita Green, um, we just don't see it very much. And this is this was a notorious spot for him here at the Honda in the last year, the year before, when he took out a tee box, a tee marker. So uh, he's got some demons to face, but he, he he grades out really well. He grades out really well. Um, he's a guy that I definitely want to target. But um, there's there's always a fear. I, I honestly, in this field, I don't, I'm not sure there's really anybody you can lean on. That's like crazy um, comforting. So Van Ruin is just going to have to be part of the mix. All right. So here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. If, if you're like me, we, we all know that there's a cut sweat coming for at least one, if not two, if not all of our golfers in our lineup. If you don't want to deal with your guy going from the top 10 to outside of the cut in three holes on Friday afternoon, don't play guys that are going to be starting on the back nine tomorrow morning because they're going to be playing the bear trap on Friday afternoon in their last three holes. That's just after so many years of doing this and being in great position with four holes left to only get it blown up by the bear trap. I, I hate going through that. Um, now I'm not going to make my lineups I, uh, perfectly that way, but I'm just telling you, uh, if you want to avoid the heartache, maybe build that way. Um, anyways, a couple of other names drew Robbie Shelton guy that has played well since coming back from the corner ferry tour this year, it's going to be a name that's going to play in a lot of tournaments based off of his standings and, uh, how he gets into events. Um, what do you take of him and Cam Davis? Who's not playing well. But maybe it's more other parts of his game because he is playing well, at least from this approach yardage. He is, yeah. In our last 10 tournaments, Cam Davis is one of the best off the tee and approach. But, um, yeah, the last couple of events have looked anything but. Um, it's His approach distances here from 175 to 200, even 150 to, to 175 look really good. So it's – I've kind of like kicked them out, but like you make a good point. Like when you go look at the actual course fit through the super procs, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, Robbie Shelton grades out really well. Another guy that grades out well in the, in both models is the, is Joseph Bramlett and he's a longer hitter, but I've said this many times before, like just because accuracy is super important here, obviously you, you don't want to hit in the water. Um, the distance guys have a big advantage and, and it may be, kind of confirmation bias by guys like Rory and JT playing well here in the past is that they're also some of the best players in the world, but there is something to be said for being able to hit a three iron as far as, you know, 20 or 30% of the fields, three wood. So two other names I'll just think I'll give you there to kind of add to it. Keith Mitchell and Luke list, good players, not best in the world. Good players that strength of their game is off of the T distance. Really? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, Sometimes I think there's an edge in just what you're looking at. So I think everyone's going to look at bogey avoidance. I think that's fine. Every week people talk about approach, but again, like from a fantasy golf bag perspective, you've got to take a bigger picture. Um, just looking at approach, you're going to cut out guys that are 
doing poorly off the tee, and that's why their approach numbers are buoyed up a little bit. So, you know, taking a bigger picture, but to that point, you know, looking at off the tee, not many people are going to think about that. Like, oh, yeah, well, they need to hit it straight. I'll look at driving accuracy. Well, off the tee in general is going to be a pretty good um, predictor every week anyways. So looking at guys that actually do well off the tee, uh, obviously look at the approach buckets and use super procs and stuff like that for the irons. That's definitely important. But I do think you can get an edge, at least in your player pool, playing guys that not many people will go to or maybe seeing something that not, not many look at. And off the tee is a good one here where a course where most people will say off the tee doesn't matter. It's all approach. It's probably a course where off the tee matters more <laughs> in a game theory perspective, at least than uh, approach does. Just on 16 and 18 alone, being able to find those two fairways with maybe on 18, you're going to pull out a driver, but certainly on 16. I mean, that's a tough hole to hit the fairway and it's a, yeah. a relatively long hole. So if you're hitting five iron out there, 260 yards to give you a 170 yard in shot, you know, you're hitting, like I said, a five iron versus a three wood, you know, you're going to hit a five iron uh, a lot more times in the fairway than you are a three wood, especially with how that hole works out. So uh, a couple of names that I would like using the strokes gain off the tee uh, fit here, Will Gordon, guy that we have seen play uh, pretty well this season, maybe hasn't again, found his true upside, but just a name in that mid 7k range that I really like. What do you think about Danny Willett here? He grades out as one of the best values uh, according to the PGA DFS model we have for uh, fantasy golf bag members. Yeah, I think, I think it actually sets well up, sets up well for his game. Obviously he is not one of the longer hitters, but he does a very good job hitting greens and regulation, a very good job at avoiding bogeys. Um, he's kind of one of those guys that seems like a, a very high floor on this type of golf course where, he shouldn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, if it was a super birdie fest, it, it would not be a Danny Willett type of week. But um, when you look when you look at trying to uh, trying to avoid complete you know debauchery, um, Danny Willett usually is a guy that can hang around. Um, so if you know even par is going to be a cut, he's going to be around there or a couple under hopefully. Um, and then if the winning score is going to be ten or 11, 12 under par, you know getting into the low teen or the low um, just under ten under par that's definitely within his, his real expectations. So I do think there is a course fit just from his, you know, ability to scramble and avoid big mistakes. That's um, certainly important. For sure. Um, speaking of complete debauchery, Hayden Buckley, uh, very good off the tee, had a good start last week. I think it was two under after round one, which at Riff, that's a good, you know, it's going to be an even par or over par cut there at Riviera. Um, but then he shot like seven or six over, I think, in round two. Uh, kind of an outlier round. So what do you do with a guy like him who definitely had a chance to win earlier this season in a better field than this? And his price is pretty reasonable. But you think something like that throws a guy like Buckley off? Or are you able to just throw it out in your dad? No, I'm not. I'm not too concerned with it. I don't think it, it throws him off for sure. Um, he's one of the guys that actually has a big – the big scores from time to time anyways. Um, yep. The one thing that stood out to me with um, Buckley is when you look through his, uh, you know, basic stats. So like for us, we use spectrum instead of strokes gain. Yep. The spectrum off the tee is slightly positive. Spectrum approach, depending on the time frame, was slightly negative. But his greener regulation number, weighted greener regulation number, was 7 or 10% higher than the field. So even though his irons haven't been like elite in terms of hitting it, you know, to 12 feet from 180, He's hitting a lot of greens, which is very important here. He's also hitting a lot of fairways. So 
I think that combo. So again, the, the point of a model in any of these models is trying to incorporate as many variations of statistics as you can yeah. that you think hold, you know, a lot of water. And for me, if I was just weighing, you know, off the team approach and that was it, or just approach, you know, I'm going to miss out on a guy like Buckley. When I go look at like the weighted green and regulation, wow, he's his floor by hitting so many greens is much higher than, you know, somebody that's excelling in approach, maybe like Russell Knox, who's hitting a couple irons really close and not hitting as many greens as the field. So it's, it's definitely a balance, but I do like Buckley um, to make a long story short, but I, I think that's the reason why is looking at a statistic like weighted green and regulation this week where approach doesn't look impressive, but the weighted green regulation number does. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it goes to uh, the next point here, uh, goes to the strength of the field. But believe it or not, we haven't talked about really anybody priced over $9,000 on DraftKings or anybody at 25 or better to one odds yet. And, you know, we've been doing this for almost 15 minutes now. It's just, again, kind of goes to the strength well, will, of the field. Well, I will say, yes, yes, the strength of the field is weak, but that the weighted, the weighted statistics are based on the field of that tournament. So they're weighted against the Waste Management Phoenix Open. They're weighted right. against last week. So it's still a good metric. Um, it's yeah. not just saying weighted against this field. Um, that That's a whole nother can of worms that we'd like to get down. That'd be really nice. But um, yeah, the weighted is, is to the field that they played that week. So if he's played some decent you know, strength fields, there's a lot to hold value there. If it was, uh, I, I can't throw out a name, but just some random guy that's playing the Corn Fairy Tour, and then he played like the Barracuda and then the Barbasol, and his numbers look good. That's not as impressive because the field's obviously weaker. But um, working on a way to incorporate field strength, I think that's kind of the next step is being able to actually weigh, you know, some of these statistics to the field because beating the field last week is way more impressive than beating the field at the Artisan Classic. True. And I will say for those, again, this is a very baseline, but for those of you that are interested in that kind of uh, baseline data, I do have what's called a true strokes gained sheet on the PGA DFS customizable model, which again, it's only going to show one strokes gained number. So it's not going to break it down by putting around the green approach or, or off the tee. It's just going to be the strokes gained related to the field. The PGA tour obviously has, has the highest rating, but you know, you go on to the European tour. I, I track the European tour, the Corn Ferry, you know, the Live. I add in the Live uh, and uh, the European tour. So it covers five. And basically from people that I've talked to in the industry, I would say on average a European tour event is probably three a quarter, three quarters of a stroke to a stroke worse than the PGA. And the Corn Ferry is like a stroke and a quarter, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um. So anyways, if, if people are interested in that type of data, that, that, sorry, to get to my point, um, that, that's what uh, I was going to do. That's great. I mean, that's that's definitely a way for you to do tiebreakers at least. Um, yep. It's really it, like if you can quickly incorporate that into your own, like talking to the viewers, if you can quickly incorporate that stuff into your model, whether it's just weighting it, which we try to do, you'll see that in like super is weighting like sample size. I think that's even important. But yeah, if you're if you're able to pull it into your sheet and, and weigh the field strength to what Jason has, that... Um, that certainly helps. So it's it's all a uh, it's all a puzzle. It is. I love trying to put it together. That's the. It's obviously why. Uh, Sometimes you got to put it together a couple different ways to finally get the uh, the end result. So it's fun because I I think I think that's one of the fun things with having Superprox too, which we'll get to, is being able to view like an overall model, like the FGB model or your Excel model, you know, pulling in different stats, but then looking like 
if I want to take it a, le- a level lower and look just specifically at how this course is going to play for players and then see who pops. Because sometimes it's not the same. Many times it is. It'll be Rom and Scheffler and, and Roy McIlroy. But you'll see some guys that'll show up and it's like, didn't even think about that. You throw him in your lineup and he's 2% owned. He at least makes the cut. Maybe he has upside to a top 20, maybe higher. <laughs> so it's yeah. a fun way to look at it that not many people do. So that's always an edge in DFS is finding a different view at things. Um, whether it's going to work out for you or not that week is, is always up for debate, but it definitely helps to find, find those angles. For sure. Um, all right. So let's uh, now touch on some golfers up above 9,000. And again, maybe these aren't the best plays, but I think you and I will probably agree that if you're making a couple of lineups, you're likely going to have a couple of guys above 9K. So with that being said, some JM and Shane Lowry are going to lead us off in the 10Ks. Chris Kirk also here. Then we got Horschel. Uh, Alex Norton has withdrawn from the event. So the next guy would be Min Woo Lee, Matt Kuchar, Aaron Wise, Benny McCarthy, and Thomas Dietrich. Are your guys above 9K this week? Of those names, for me, Billy Horschel, I'm not quite there at 9-7. I know he plays this event well, but he also has a couple of missed cuts in there. I feel much more comfortable with Shane Lowry coming into form. He showed us last year he can win here or has a chance to win here. Should have won here. Do you? I, I'm going to take it aside for a second. Do you remember what happened to Lowry here last year? I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah with the rain, the short little rain yeah. delay. Yeah, it, it wasn't even a rain delay. He came to – well, yeah, it was like a small one, right? He came to 18 and all of a sudden like a Florida thunderstorm blew through. Straka mm-hmm. was already in the house and all of a sudden winds kicked up to like 25 and Lowry needed birdie to get into a playoff. Didn't do it. Nonetheless, 10-4, I think it's a reasonable price with him, like I said, coming into form, playing his best last week of Genesis after a couple of missed cuts in a row. So I don't mind him. Sung JM, yeah. Sung JM's form suggests maybe he, he actually should win, but last week had a setback on the weekend. So where do you stand with the first guy in your lineup? Maybe you actually do tell me none of these guys. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, Lowry would probably be the guy I'd, I'd like to target. I, I'm not really interested in Sungjae at 40% own, which is what it looks like he's leaning towards. Um, yeah. Norn withdrew, so that kind of pulls the ownership away from from him. I'm not I'm not sure Horschel will get it. I'm not sure Kirk will get it. It'll probably be wise. Yeah. Um, Big start with playing well. Big name from the DP World Tour. We've seen play good. Yeah, Min Lee will get some. Um, and I don't mind going there as well. But I, I think all these guys are going to be kind of over-owned just because there's a lack of options. And um, I, I really do like the, the lineups that I was building yesterday, um, believe it or not, I was leaving quite a bit of salary and just trying to go for the nuts at, you know, uniqueness, hoping there's just complete, we'll just use the word debauchery again. It's the word of the day. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I don't mind. Like if you're building a single entry, I don't mind starting with Sunday. I don't mind starting with Shane Lowry, but like there's nothing gets me excited about Kirk. Nothing gets me excited about Horschel, even with his course history. Um, Wise has been kind of May this week this year, um, and then Denny McCarthy. I just, I, I I struggle to understand how how he does what he does week in and week out, and he doesn't have great course history. So, Button, man. Minwoo Lee would be the guy, and then he doesn't have a lot of history besides European Tour, which isn't really apples to apples. So, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't love this top range to be honest. <clears throat> yeah, I'll talk about Wise for a second. Let me just try and pitch something to you here. Now, again, he's he's playing the bear. He's starting on 10 tomorrow morning at 7.23. So this the case of going uh, being in the top 10, heading to the last three holes, 
this this could be really Aaron Wise because we've seen him do exactly what I just said, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago at the American Express where he had a great round going and came to 17 and what did he go, you know, quadruple and doubled and 18, something like that. Anyways, he's missed the last two cuts on the number. If he gets through to the weekend and, say, pulls a top 30 and a top 20, is he 9,800 and 25% owned this week? Uh, maybe he still doesn't have like a ton of course history. So I think they're baking a lot of that in. That's why commercial so high. Yeah. I, I, I could maybe see him bumped up to where Norn is. I don't think he'd be that high. So are you interested in him more given the fact that he's missed the last two cut on the number? Like, would that make you more interested to pay 9,200 or probably not? I just don't think there's a lot of other options. I still think he's more talented right. than anybody else around there. So I don't, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like, like, you know, I'm going to take a stand on starting somebody here. It probably wouldn't be wise. And I'm, like I said, I'm saving enough salary elsewhere. Yep. It'd probably be, it honestly, it'd probably be going down to Vegas or going up to Lowry. Um, there's really no other reason for Lowry to be playing here besides he wants the redemption from last year. Yeah, maybe redemption also. Uh, he hasn't had a great start to the season. He cut out the Hawaii thing. So remember, I think you've got to get into the top 70 this year, right, to make the playoffs. Um, isn't that this yeah, year? Yeah, so he's just trying to get some some yeah, groundwork so. done early. Yep. Uh, yeah, but oh. I mean, like, Kirk doesn't make Kirk, – Kirk, from a course fit standpoint, standpoint makes sense. Um, but, again, like, a lot of these guys are just going to get ownership, and I just don't love it on this type of week. Like I said, there's, there's a lot of guys that are popping that are really cheap. I mean, like I did, I built one yesterday. And I think I left like three thousand dollars on the table, and it's just like, okay, let's just not even not even saying everybody over nine k is going to miss the cut. Let's just say they all finish like fortieth or worse. Um, you're just trying to get like, or the six of six is real low, or that, and you're just trying to like leverage the field that not not everyone's going to play like six seven k guys and below. So I got one for you on Chris Kirk. I'm just gonna just gonna throw it out there, some extra right. motivation, if you will. Uh, behind-the-scenes motivation to try and continue to play well. Although most golfers should, but maybe Kirk has a little extra incentive because right now he sits 47 in the world. He's likely going to play, you know, the next three weeks. But after that, if he if he can give himself enough cushion, he's going to get that invite to Augusta, and right now he has not got it. So for me, if he can play good the next three weeks, I think that's going to earn himself an invite. So, uh, I mean, if I'm a golfer, that – is looking for extra motivation. If I'm Chris Kirk, that that certainly gives it to me. Yeah, there's no there's no lack of motivation for guys up up here, anyways, because they're also playing here, like you said, for a reason. So Shane Lowry off to a slow start, so there's some motivation there. Kirk yep. as well. Horschel, I have no idea why he didn't play last week or the week before. Besides, maybe he just doesn't like Poa that much, which doesn't make sense because it's such huge prize pools. Yeah, he, he oh, he just week. skipped last week. Yeah, he slipped. So, yeah, so I don't I don't understand that. Um I still think I still think Horschel's Horschel still should be in consideration. I think even as bad as oh, he's been playing, he just comes out of nowhere. So I'll have some exposure to him. Um and Minwoo Lee. So Sunday's probably the big one. I mean if he's gonna be thirty five thirty eight percent owned. I'll take the under the same yeah. as last Yeah, I will take the under and hope that Lowry can beat him. I'm I'm hundred yeah. percent there with you. I will have exposure to Kirk and Horschel. Uh, I, like you said, I'll also have exposure to Lee and Wise. Uh, Matt Kuchar or Thomas Dietrich or neither? 
No, I, I think both are fine. I, I plugged in Dietrich a little bit more than Kucher. Um, I'm not sure I've actually played Kucher yet, but he's still on my list to yeah. try to find an, an avenue. Um, yeah, I feel again, like this is his style. I, 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 yeah, I hate, to, I hate to say that we're going to play everybody, but Drew and I do make you know multiple lineups. Uh, again, I guess if it was let, – let me preface it, uh, the question this way. If we're going to play two guys up here, we're going to play one lineup, and we want to play two above 9K – who are your two picks uh, up here to use if you were going to play two above nine K? Um, I would probably say, I'd say Kirk. Um, or I'm sorry, I'll say Lowry, and I will say. Uh, I hate to say Minwoo but I'll, I guess I'll just say Minwoo Yeah, between for me it would be Lowry and uh, probably go down to Wise. I've stuck with him this year. I might as well just try one more week in a weak field that if he is on point ball striking. He definitely has a chance to win it. So, uh, yeah, those would be my two picks. Now, as we go down into the the 8Ks, Taylor Pendrith is a name that does most of his work off the tee, right? So if he gets hot there, is he in play for you? Or would you rather go down to Svensson in Vegas? Vegas definitely knows his way around this course. I think he's made eight of nine cuts. Um, I like Vegas and Svensson yeah. probably more than Pendrith. I do. I do for sure. Vegas is probably my favorite play of the week. Um I think I think his return after injury has been really impressive. He's he's gaining in all the right categories. He comes to a course he's played well at in the past. So I, I think Vegas at eighty six hundred is. I I would I would very be very comfortable if I was playing twenty lineups and putting him in every twenty all twenty. Um, I think at the price it gives you a lot of leeway. Pendrith I, to the point that I made about off the tee. I don't even though off the tee like I don't think off the tee could carry you from a scoring aspect here. Like I, I think yeah, looking right. at off the tee into the week yeah. is fine. Yeah. Um, but like if, if he has a great week off the tee, you really aren't gaining much on the field. You can't really gain too much off the tee as you would at like Shriners or something. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm not as interested in Pendrith for, for a number of reasons, but one is like, I, I just don't think his approach game, even with as good as his, his off the tee is, um, is great. And is, I still think, I still think, um, approach is going to be important. I was just kind of making the point that off the tee is probably something not many people will look at. So it needs to be a total package, though, not just off the tee. Agreed. Uh, Sepp Straka, obviously defending champion here. Then you've got a very interesting range, 8,500 down to 8K. Uh, we've got Straka. Then we've got Harris English coming off his best performance of the year last week, T14 at Genesis. Adrian Moronk, the Polish guy that uh, also ended up getting to the weekend uh, last week at the Genesis, T45, good for him. And then a couple of other DP World Tour veterans in Christian Bezaidu and Garrett Higo. I guess he's not a veteran. The guy's only like 22. And between them is the Cam Davis. So we've got actually a, a quite a bit of talent mm -hmm. at the 8.1 and 8K in Higo and Davis. Um, where are you going here? Harris English playing well does have some good course history. Yeah, I think I think Moronk is fine off of last week. He played he played pretty well. Um, his irons don't look great for the specific buckets, but it's again only four rounds of sample size and really only a couple shots. <laughs> so like uh, two shots or sorry, seventeen shots, one seventy five to two hundred that were tracked from last week. So yeah. not not enough to really make a decision, but he did play well, and we've seen a lot of Europeans do well here over the years. Um, Cam Davis is interesting. Uh, like I said, he's playing so poorly, but for some reason, some of his statistics still look like they would fit the golf course. Um, yeah, at least he got probably the next guy I'd go to. Yeah, at least he got back to even par on Friday at Genesis. 
that's at least a decent round. I mean, he's been he's been awful for sure. I'm not I'm not saying like there's any silver lining at all, but there are some signs that like the the fit on this golf course, even as bad as he's played, is still going to be reasonable. And for a guy that just two months ago would have probably been close to 10k as well as he's been playing is now 8100 um is probably worth a shot yeah uh agreed um and, and again spectrum spectrum takes a lot of outliers so that might be also why we see better numbers than other people so like if he's had a few shots where it's really like at um american express or something there's a very good chance that his his numbers get deflated for strokes gained and spectrum allows you to see like the actual median outcome for the most part. So for sure. Uh, um, there's a lot of guys though, as you go down, like, like I said, I'm, I'm looking to leave a lot of salary. Um, so not to jump the gun a little bit, but like Ben Griffin, Robbie Shelton, you mentioned um, Lee Hodges <laughs> is playing well and played him last um, played well here last year. Ben on has good course history. Surprisingly, Nick Hardy grades out really well. Joseph Bramlett. So like that high seven K is like loaded. For me, it at really least. is. Yeah, no, no, it, it really is. Um, I, I Stefan Yeager, I almost played in Showdown like every day last week. Yeah, <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, could, I could probably make a case for all these guys. Aaron Rye is another DP World Tour guy that's that's come over here and done pretty well. Uh, I yeah. would certainly pick him over Eric. Ball striking looks fine. He just he just can't get that that low low round. 69-68 over the weekend at Riviera though is definitely really encouraging. Uh, heading into a week this week where it's going to be another kind of grinded out week. I do like Robbie Shelton. You know I'm high on Justin So just in general. Um, and Byung-Han An has the course history, two top fives here. We already talked about Buckley. Nick Hardy is a guy you and I like. Joseph Bramlin, mm-hmm. Will Ward are two guys we already talked about. So I agree with leaving some salary on the range. I'm agreeing with even putting like five of these guys with Shane Lowry. Yeah. Um, I really do think – I really do like that angle, to be honest. Like it's – they grade out really well in everything I look at. Um, we've we've seen long shots do well here. Obviously, there's just a lot of mayhem, and it's just a matter of like hanging on as long as you can. So <clears throat> these guys grade out really well, and they're all bunched together. Makes it easy to kind of throw them together into a lineup. The only thing I will say is is again not to jump the gun, but um, Davis Riley will pop for everybody that's using the FGB stuff, and I'm gonna put an X on him just because of the injury status is is unknown. I think he withdrew last week before the tournament started, and he's been popping for us. So, like, I'm interested to play him at low ownership, but I don't know what his injury status is, so I'm not going to play him this week. Okay, I'm I'm uh, totally there with you in understanding. Good player, but maybe a little too question mark. So, all right, well, we're yeah, gonna jump I, now, I, right? I mean, no, I was I'm gonna play you. him no. the last couple weeks, and then he hasn't done much, so it's just kind of like buying low. Yeah, I'd much rather play Danny Willard, SH Kim, maybe even Brandon Wu and going down lower, which kind of brings me to my next point because uh, we're coming up on a half hour and that's where we like okay. to try and keep it at. So we're going to talk about guys below 7K. I know you don't have to drop down here much, but there are two names that I'm very interested in that I want to get your take on. Let's start with the star out of Texas who has a twin brother that is also in the field. We're going to talk about the one that probably has more upside in Precision Cody. He is here on – is it Cody or Cody? You can tell me uh, when I turn Cody. it over to you. But Cody. nonetheless, he's here on a sponsoring fight, and he just won a couple of weeks ago in Panama where the winning score was minus three. So maybe there's a 
statistically fit angle of a grinded out event where we maybe do expect a single digit winning score, a little crossover from that. Um, I am okay with being early. I've made that a point in my career of, of playing PGA DFS and I'm okay being early. I will play him this week and I'll also play the teenager or maybe he's not a teenager anymore. Just turned 20 in Akshay Patia who uh, is coming off of two missed cuts, but prior to that had two top 10. So uh, two names, really interested to hear your take on these two kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on, I'm with you on Cootie. Um, and I, I don't mind. I, I don't think it's too early at this point. I think he's proven himself to be a winner in college, amateur golf, and then on the corn ferry tour so far. Yeah. So twice I do like him here. Starts. Yep. Yep. Just this season, just this season. I think he won once last year too. Yeah. Yep. Um. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think Cootie's a great candidate. Um. I don't know. It, I can't really speak to the course fit. He's very long. Um. But I also, like I said, I I don't think that's a detriment on this golf course. I, I he's obviously playing well in other aspects of his game. So I do think Cootie's a, a very good option. Um. And there's not any data on him really from the PGA Tour standpoint. So you're basically just going in blind based off of how well he's been playing recent form on other tours, which is, which is fine in my opinion. Um, Batia, I can't get behind. I'm not a fan. Um, I don't think he's very good. (laughs) So, um, I, uh, yeah, long story there, but, uh, Sky brought him up a couple years ago when he wanted to turn pro at 17 instead of go to college. And I thought that was the dumbest thing you could ever do. And, uh, so far it's been proven to be correct. He has one win on the corn Ferry tour. He couldn't even keep his card after the win, uh, or get his tour card after the win. So, yeah, which I am, is very, uh, very disappointing because not only did he win, but he won like the first event of the year. The very, the very first event. Play. Yeah, all he had to do was make 34, uh, uh, 30 or 40% of his cuts, not even yeah. much after that, and he couldn't do it. I, I agree. I'm disappointed. And I think one of the top 10s you're referring to that were recent is at that same event, so it must be that yeah. event he likes. So, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a Batia fan. I think he's uh, going about it the wrong way, and I will not be playing him. Yeah, interesting. He doesn't have wait. He'd have to wait four more years if he wants to try and go back to college now. So he's kind of. Uh, I mean, he shouldn't go back to college now, but I do. I think at the point he thought yeah, he just thought he was hot shit, and he he wasn't. Um, guys like Pearson Cootie show up to college. Um, all these, I mean, all these guys. Jordan Spieth was better than he was at junior golf, and he went to college for at least two years, I think. So yeah, see, it's, it's like a year and a half. Good enough. A year and a half. So I mean, just it, you don't. Go to college for a year. Go to college for two years, and and then and Not then turn pro if you want. There's I, just I, so I, much that goes into professional golf that you can be so the best player in the world. And like even I, I was talking to a buddy yesterday, and I'm sorry we're going to go over now, but the uh, the USAM has been like a curse. So like these guys are coming out of college and and doing really well, and like winning the USAM. There's been one guy in the last seven years, I think, that's won the U.S. Amateur that has gotten a tour card and kept it, and that's Victor Hovland. Every single other player doesn't have status even on the Corn Ferry Tour, I don't think, or they're just hanging on on the Corn Ferry Tour like Curtis Luck. So um, yeah. I think I think winning the U.S. Amateur is much more impressive than winning the U.S. Junior or, or like the 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 Southeast Junior that that Beck, Batia kept winning. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of of skipping college at least for a year or two and then trying to go pro because also you don't have any exemptions, you're not getting any status. Hey, so. You're Monday grinding, and listen, I respect his grind because he did his grind got him at least to the corn ferry. So we'll see. He's still he still got time. Yeah, twenty years, but I, I think he did. Right yeah, and large, he could have gone to college for free, 
not racked up all the debt that I know that, you know, you've read the stories of shore uh, and, and done it. Well, there's just so much pressure. There's so much pressure going pro immediately and thinking your game's ready. And if you don't have a good first year, now you're really behind the eight ball because now you're trying to yeah, kind of you're build really up from the ground up. Yeah, Cause maybe he did have some exemptions. Now he lost his opportunities. So um, same with Panda. Panda was another guy. Yeah. Oh man, Panda. Jeez. So yeah, I, I think Cootie is great. I'm th there's just completely polar opposites in my opinion. Cootie has been a proven winner. Um, he did his time on in college. He got better over those two years, sure, whatever it was. Tour, but but just couldn't put it together those last five events uh, last year. Yeah, he'll he'll get back. I'm not I'm not gonna yeah. harp on like the PGA Tours current status of not week, letting these guys. Honestly. I'd love to see him win this week and we get him on tour. I think he can. I honestly think he can. I think I think this is a good good week for a guy to come out of nowhere and win as, you know, basically his first PGA Tour event. I don't think it is, but it, one of his first PGA Tour events. Agreed. I'm, I'm glad we're both on him. We can either uh, go down the ship or uh, ride off to a really decent payout. Okay. Just I'll be rooting for him regardless, so I have to play him. Then, then yeah, it's more fun. Exactly. <laughs> right, I got four other names down below 7K. Okay. Then maybe you can give me two, and we'll get on out of here. Austin Ekro falls into this category. Don't love his golf swing. Again, I'm not, not a golf swing analyst, but I do. I don't mind him here. Matty Schmidt pops up in a couple of our models. A young kid over from the DP World Tour. Call you on you, and I talk about like every week. Uh, and then Ryan Moore is the last one. I actually, think maybe he's coming into a little form. Doesn't have a ton of starts left. I don't think. I don't really know where his status sounds, but we got a top seven at Pebble, so. Just some names I throw out. Uh, Moore has some decent course history. So I'm with you kind of on Eckroat. Um, I think he, he does show some signs that he could play well here. So I think he's fine. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple other guys that I know I've seen Blix tossed around a, a few times. I think he's okay. Um, the two other ones that I have not seen tossed around, which I think are worth a shot in GPPs, and you're going you're gonna to be confused at how these guys are even in the field, or you might not even know they are in the field. Um, Sung Kang. And Kyle Westmoreland. So those are two guys that I think. Um, yeah, military guy, right? I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a military. So just, just a small sport. clip. You don't have to go crazy on him, but um, I think Sung Tang has shown some signs with his irons, and mm -hmm. he's obviously one of the PGA Tour, so he's at least proven, even though he's inconsistent. And then Kyle Westmoreland, if you look through his recent form, it's actually been you know having some signs of some good, some good iron play. So I think there's some opportunity there. Um, and Kyle Westmoreland, I think he's like 6,100. So, like I said, I could, I could build a lineup, <laughs> leaving like 3,000 on the table. And it's just like because I played him and Pearson Cootie, and then I didn't want to pay up for Sungay. So, there's some very interesting lineup construction this week. Yeah, there certainly is. Well, uh, on that note, we wish everybody a good luck this week at the Honda Classic. Uh, some really exciting things going on in the fantasy golf uh, industry. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about uh, the basketball format that has been announced over at Underdog, and we've got a great deal going on with them. We're going to release a ton of content tomorrow after lock, so stay tuned. I'm really excited about that. And then just yesterday, sent me over the moon, uh, DraftKings announced that they are going to, in fact, have a PGA Rainmakers game. Uh, we are going to be the end-all, be-all there. I'm going to have every type of information that you could want for that game uh, when we get uh, the total deal from DraftKings. We're going to have a ton of content uh, for that as well for all of you that love that stuff. And, of course, I hope it's only just going to bring more eyeballs to the whole ecosystem and hopefully grow the PGA DFS side as well. I don't think there's going to be too much take 
I think there's just going to be more uh, give. I, I hope this brings more eyeballs to it. So I'm really excited about all that. Uh, of course, we've got the Players Championship coming up in two weeks. The first, I'll call it medium to low stakes millionaire maker of the year will transpire. So stay with us, uh, Drew, as we close out every podcast with who's going to win the event. So you give me who's going to win the event. And I do want to say Precision Cootie, but I think that's a little too far out there. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, Chris Kirk is going to get it done here this week at the Honda Classic. Uh, I think he's just been so close. This is going to be the week. Drew, what say you? Johnny Vegas wins wire to wire after round two. So round two, he leads. Round three, he leads. Round four, he leads. Johnny Vegas. Awesome. Love, love to hear it. So, all right, that's going to do it for us here. Good luck this week, everybody. And we will see you on the other side of the verdict. Cheers.